The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels Show. Repeat after me. America is a republic, and there's nothing democratic about the Democrat Party. Let's get our words right, people. She's tough. What part of shall not infringe don't you legislators understand? Read the Constitution. Read the Bill of Rights. Read the stupid so-called laws that you guys sign your names to. Your focus is shameful. She's smart. And besides, what have you legislators done that gives you power over us? Trick the people into electing you? Swearing an oath that you don't seem to understand or follow? She's tenacious. I say bring the Electoral College to the county level for all national elections so Michigan isn't governed by sanctuary jurisdictions like Wayne and Washtenaw counties. She's sassy. Michigan has a big problem. We have too many people who exhibit seditious behavior in elected office, and that needs to change. I'm hoping against hope we can change the change. Let's talk about some of this stuff on the Janice Daniels Show. This could be fun. And now, your host, Janice Daniels. The enemy of our enemy has been infiltrated by our enemy. Hmm, let that sink in a little bit. Let's see, what should we talk about today? Well, we could talk about the election fraud tactics that are quietly being put into place in advance of the November 2020 elections. Nah, Maybe we should talk about the influx of illegal aliens and refugees that potentially have blanketed our country with subversives who will be voting in our November 2020 elections. Nah. I've got an idea. Oh, my. I've got an idea. Let's talk about the current corona crisis. Oh, don't turn the radio off. I've got a different outlook. I've got a different angle that you may not have heard, even though we have 24-7 wall-to-wall coverage of the current corona crisis. I want to thank my friend who asked me to take a look at this forum called Event 201. It was on October 18th, 2019, that a full-blown live roundtable-type simulation on handling pandemics took place at the World Economic Forum in New York City. Wow, right away you think, great, our world leaders are making sure that we're prepared for an event that just so happened to then occur two months later? Wow, they must really be smart. Now, this event was live-streamed and it's archived. And by the way, somebody was coughing throughout the entire event pretty much. So anyways, while you're sitting at home because Fraulein Whitmer, our current governor of Michigan, and a whole host of other bureaucratic tyrants have declared something of a lockdown this past week, although they don't want us to call it a lockdown. Uh, But at that time that Fraulein Whitmer declared this lockdown, there were only 54 cases of this so-called coronavirus in Michigan. Now, we're a state of about 10 million people. So using old school math and a calculator, I didn't even have to use Common Core, that works out to 0.000054% of the people in this state were, were infected supposedly with this particular strain of virus, and our governor violated our constitutional rights beyond that which any of us should have tolerated. And yet, we're not saying a peep. Most of us aren't anyway. Therein lies the rub. Speaking of rubs, I read that Vicks Vapor Rub is good for treating symptoms of this current corona crisis, being a decongestant. So stockpile up on that, too. It's real close to the toilet paper 
um, aisle in the grocery store. But back to this dry run pandemic exercise that they called Event 201 that was held in New York on October 18th, 2019. Um, this, this bunch of self-important, well-scrubbed individuals actually played out a pandemic. There's five video segments. Uh, in the second video, the moderator says something to the effect that the reason why they couldn't determine an accurate count of the simulated pandemic was the lack of surveillance. Hmm. Maybe they should have had Mitch McConnell or Nancy Lagosi. I mean, I mean Pelosi there, you know, because those two, they like surveillance. Good old Mitch just gags and votes for it every time it comes around. But you can go to event 201, look for the October 18th, 2019 event in New York City. But don't go now. You got to listen to what I have to tell you about this. The live simulation event was funded by an organization called Open Philanthropy. Gosh, remember last week when I mentioned that Frederick Bastier believed that human greed and false philanthropy were the real elements that lead to socialism, which necessarily leads to communism, which is tyranny. What a coincidence. Now, this organization, Open Philanthropy, was founded by a lady named Carrie Tuna. Carrie Tuna? What kind of a name is that? Sounds like something I should do at the grocery store. I don't know. But anyway, just who is this Carrie Tuna? Well, she's a writer for the Yale Daily News and the Wall Street Journal who's married to a guy named Dustin Moskowitz. Moskowitz. Wow. That kind of sounds like the capital of, a, of, of Crazy Bernie's favorite country, Russia. Anyway, Dustin Moskowitz is one of the co-founders of Facebook, along with Mark Zuckerberg. Yep. Boy, oh boy, the social media giant founded or yeah, funded this, um, this event 201. Now, Denny and Kerry are reported to have also donated $20 million to make sure Donald Trump wasn't elected president in 2016. How well did that little investment go? Oh, who cares about losing $20 million when you have a net worth of around $10 billion? It's chump change. So these two young bazillionaires really believe that they are helping the world by literally working against the freest country on the face of the planet. That's America. And I thank the, our government-run public education system that poisoned their minds into believing hogwash. Oh, hogwash, that's a good word, too. Now, that, that, that reminds me of the fact that Senator Barry Goldwater used that word in that really great speech that he delivered at the 28th Republican Party National Convention in 1964. That was the presidential nomination acceptance speech that I mentioned before. Well, in that speech, Barry Goldwater talked about what he considered to be the essence of republicanism, now, that small r republicanism, in other words, this is a republic, and so we are guided by republican, uh, a republican form of government. In fact, we're guaranteed a republican form of government. Barry Goldwater said in that speech, and I quote, the cause of republicanism was to resist concentration of power and to ensure that power remains in the hands of the people. He went on to say, and again I quote, the cause of republicanism is to restore a clear understanding of the tyranny of man over man in the world at large, to dispel the foggy thinking which avoids hard decisions in the delusion that a world of conflict will somehow mysteriously resolve itself into a world of harmony 
if we just don't rock the boat or irritate the forces of aggression. And this, he said, is hogwash. Wow, I can see why the power brokers had to destroy Barry Goldwater's political career. We can't have that kind of talk. We need someone like Lyndon Baines Johnson. He was a good old boy. He loves big government. And you know what? The power brokers made sure that that's who we got. So now back to this event 201. Their website says the John Hopkins Center for Health Security partnered with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to host what they called Event 201, which was a high-level pandemic exercise in New York, New York, designed to illustrate areas where public-private partnerships Oh, yeah, I've mentioned them before, public-private partnerships. They would be necessary during the response to a severe pandemic in order to diminish large-scale economic and societal consequences, end quote. So they talk about diminishing large-scale economic and societal consequences, or did they drive them? Are they causing them? Are they creating them? I'm just asking. Now, the group that was involved in this simulated world crisis was called the Pandemic Emergency Board, and it was comprised of leaders from business, public health, and civil society. Oh, yeah, civil society. Remember Glenn Beck's uh, documentary called The Democrats' Hydra that exposed what's really going on in the world of big government. He talked about the fact that in 2012, Alex Ross, who was the senior advisor for innovation, who worked at the U.S. State Department under Hillary Clinton, and I really love the way President Trump calls that the U.S. Deep State Department. <laughs> That's a good, uh, a, a good uh, definition. Uh, so uh, Alex Ross under Hillary Clinton said that they trained more than 800 civil society organizations and their impact would last long after Hillary Clinton and company had left the Deep State Department. Glenn Beck went on to say the U.S. State Department was colluding with the intel community and the NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations that are set up by the government, you know, talk about doublespeak. These groups collided to foment revolution all around the world, and they called this effort Civil Society 2.0. Their goal was to create a shadow justice system that would prosecute anyone they wanted to prosecute, and protect anyone that they wanted to protect. They would also rewrite constitutions, hello, and pick elected leaders. Joey Biden? That's all without our knowledge. This is what Glenn Beck explained to us. That was all without our knowledge. Now, to me, this is the biggest high crime and misdemeanor in the history of the world. And is anybody vetting the State Department employees? No, no, nothing here. Look the other way. Move along. You know the drill. Now, back to this event 201. Chris Elias, the president of global development at the Gates Foundation, said, We live in an increasingly interconnected world, and we must help all UN member states align with the international health regulations, and be prepared to prevent, detect, and respond to acute outbreaks. If we fail to do so, the world world will be unprepared for the next pandemic, which I remind you took place two months after this live simulation event. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the representatives 
in this uh, conference, this simulation of a world pandemic. Uh, they included a representative from the Marriott Hotel. It's called Marriott International. And uh, the CEO of Marriott posted on March 13th, we're closely monitoring the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and local health agencies for the latest developments related to coronavirus and following the guidance of government and public health officials. Wow, they're right on top of it. I wonder how that happened. Oh, yeah, they prepared for it in October of 2019, five months earlier. Uh, Of course, the UN Foundation was there. We all know about the United Nations, which was founded by communists, including Alger Hiss, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Joseph Stalin, Imagine that. Now, I went to a website called history.state.gov. So this isn't some far-right-wing website. This is history.state.gov. And there's an article posted on the Office of the Historian. uh, And it states, when President Franklin D. Roosevelt met with Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin in Tehran, Iran, of all places, in November 1943, Roosevelt proposed an international organization comprising of an assembly of all member states and a 10-member executive committee to discuss social and economic issues. So they were first just supposed to discuss issues. Well, 77 years later, uh, it seems like they're taking a far more proactive uh, position around the world. Uh, In fact, there was a young lady who said that the U.N. should be considered something of an honest broker. That's what she called it, that the U.N., of course, she was from the U.N., she said that the U.N. should be considered an honest broker who would be responsible for worldwide distribution of medical supplies in this simulated pandemic. So the honest broker. Well, there's a pretty good commentary on the United States and their failures through the years at history.com. Again, no right-wing website, history.com, stated that some of the UN's failures include the 1994 Rwanda mission where the UN tried but couldn't stop the genocide of the Tutsis at the hands of the Hutus. We all heard about that in the news of the day. A million people were killed by their fellow countrymen. The UN was also accused of sexual abuse in the 2005 Republic of Congo issue. Uh, In 2010, there was a revelation that the UN brought cholera to Haiti. Can you imagine? And it also states on History.com the alleged graft and corruption in the Iraq Oil for Food program. And the UN was also mentioned in the 2011 crisis in South Sudan. Wow, the UN doesn't have that great of a record of being an honest broker. Now, that article also talks about the enduring criticisms of the UN, including overstepping its boundaries, promoting globalization, not being effective enough, backing provocative policies, providing controversial health options, being too bureaucratic, giving certain countries more power than others, and spending too much money. That's all from History.com. But what the heck, we all have shortcomings, don't we? So let's make them the honest broker who's responsible for worldwide wealth redistribution, because that's what's really going on here, and power consolidation. Now, who else was at that simulated 
pandemic event? Well, a company called Henry Schein Incorporated. Well, who's that? Well, Henry Schein was a man that started his pharmacy in Queens, New York in 1935, and his company grew into a Fortune 500 company. Uh, They say in their website, among other efforts, we are in direct and daily contact with the World Health Organization as part of Henry Schein's role as the private sector lead of the Pandemic Supply Chain Network, a public-private partnership created in 2015 to improve the efficiency of the PPE supply chain. What's PPE? Personal protective equipment, of course. And they go on to say, through this network, we are advocating to ease the global supply chain so that product can begin to flow again. So with all this cooperation, why is there a panic about PPEs today? And why isn't Henry Schein Incorporated being considered the honest broker. I, I really don't get it. I, I honest to God don't get it. Of course, there was a representative from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We all know who these people are for sure. You know, mega whiz kid Bill Gates founded Microsoft, invented Windows, and that truly is revolutionary, especially to anyone who who knows about or might want to study the history of computer operating systems prior to Windows. That was like MDOS and programming languages like Pascal. Good grief. Bill Gates deserves every penny of his over $90 billion fortune that he has amassed over the years. Isn't that interesting how the globalists are rich beyond imagination, but they're always the ones who are telling us that there's too much wealth inequality. Oh, boy, I just can't help but think about our buddy Lord Acton, who said that absolute power corrupts absolutely, when I think that Bill Gates had has his Gates Foundation website that says all lives have equal value and Bill and Melinda are impatient optimists working to reduce inequity. Okay, they're not going to reduce inequality. They're reducing inequity. Gosh, people with over, over $90 billion worth of equity are worrying about little old me or maybe little old you who might have varying degrees of equity from like maybe zero to maybe a million or so, I'm not sure. But isn't that great? And Bill Gates says we all have equal value. I wonder how much insurance Bill Gates carries on himself. These hypocrites. I've got two people holding on the line. We're going to go to Ken from Livonia. Good afternoon, Ken. Well, you use the word hogwash, and what's uh, bothering me is the fact that uh, here we have the federal government and what bothers me is that even Donald Trump is part of this, promoting a false narrative about the severity of the, of the Chinese coronavirus. Now, I've been talking to a lot of uh, medical specialists that I know, and including my family physician. I've been listening to a lot of different uh, reliable specialists on different uh, talk radio programs, and uh, the numbers keep uh, pointing to this truth, the so-called epidemic that is sweeping the nation and sweeping the world, when you look at the hard numbers, the common flu that we uh, deal with every year without shutting down our schools, uh, telling people to stay in their homes, is far worse 
And when we look at other hard numbers, I could get killed by a car in a car crash, or I could die of natural causes like a heart attack, stroke. There That's... are far worse things for me that could kill me than this coronavirus that has crippled the nation. That's right. Thank you so much, Ken. I've got a couple of other callers uh, just going to move along on the board. I've got a lot of information to give. Thank you again for calling. Uh, We'll go to Mark from Howell. Mark, how are you? Oh, thank you, Janice. Thank you for having me on today. Um, I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Um, You know, I wanted to add something here um, based upon uh, what a lot of callers are Chiming in on, like Ken, for instance, you know, this goes back, you know, and you brought this up earlier, to the United Nations, you know, uh, just to state something here, uh, January 1st, 1942, 26 countries calling themselves the United Nations signed an agreement to forswear any separate peace without mutual concurrence and to make a common cause of life, liberty, independence, and religious freedom, and to preserve the rights of man and justice. Well, we know in today's United Nations, it's far from that. That is absolutely true. I thank you again for the call. Again, I'm going to move on down the line. We've got lots of information and lots of callers. Thanks so much, Mark. Arlene from Rochester Hills. Thank you for calling in and joining the conversation, Arlene. I can hear your radio in the background. You've got to shut that off, but you're on air. Uh, I don't know that she is able to come on air. Hello. Oh, Arlene, hi. Hi. Good afternoon. That's very interesting what you were just talking about. In fact, it kind of piqued my interest. I've been uh, studying the World Economic Forum um, since 2002, right after 9-11. I thought, geez, how could all this happen? There's got to be a reason. So really, actually, the World Economic Forum was established back in 1971 by uh, Klaus and Heidi Schwab, and they always made at the end of January in um, Davos, Switzerland. And this is an organization which is uh, people from all over the world, from every country is represented, not including um, the heads of banks like Jamie Dimon. Just about all of your globalists go there. And what they do is they have an agenda, and they talk about how they can cure the the world's ills. This is where climate change came about. Uh, climate change actually started with Marie Strong, who wrote a book, Where on Earth Are We Going? And that was back in 1931. He was a cropper for the redistribution of wealth. But in this forum, they meet every year. They discuss how they can make the um, world better, but actually they're making the world worse. This is where Agenda 21 came from, Agenda 2030. And these guys are really determined to destroy the United States of America. They're very evil people, and uh, they're not really interested in, in you or me or anyone else. In other words, the deplorables. They're only interested in their own um, well-being and their offsprings. And basically, they feel that we are using most of the world's resources, and there won't be enough for them or their offsprings in the future. So therefore, this goes into Bill Gates with the depopulation and all the other stuff. And it's very long. It would take hours to explain everything. But I, I was just really surprised. I mean, it's very good that this is coming out. And people should really go on the World Economic Forum and read back since 1971. They hold these conference, conferences once a year. Thank you so much for calling in.
in, Arlene. I really appreciate your input. And yes, people need to go to Event 201. We're going to talk about this a little bit more on the other side of the break. And we're going to talk to Constitutional Sheriff Richard Mack. Stay with us. And you were frightened by the climb. Wasn't it nice to be around someone that you knew? Someone who was big and strong and looking out for you and me against the world. Sometimes it feels like you and me against the world. And for all the times we've cried, I always felt that God was on our side. The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels Show. On Wham Talk 1600 and 92.7 FM. Well, isn't that nice that we just heard that President Trump said everybody's getting along really well in the government? I'm really feeling good about that. We're talking about uh, a worldwide pandemic live simulation event that took place in New York in October of 2019. That was about two months before we started hearing that we had a worldwide pandemic on our hands. Uh, They used the coronavirus as their um, pretend scenario, and now we have the coronavirus as our real scenario. So I was going through some of the people that were in this Event And, of course, the U.S. Center for Disease Control had their representative, as did the China Center for Disease Control. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the fact that this live simulation worldwide pandemic exercise called Event 201 was conducted two months. I have to stress this. Two months before we're locked down. In a, in a worldwide pandemic that is literally trying to strip away our constitutional rights at every turn. In fact, there was a similar event called the H1N1 Swine Flu Pandemic Summit that was apparently held in July of 2009. Uh, you know, these guys have been at this for a long time. So I don't understand why we're experiencing this meltdown in our economy and a total disregard for our constitutional rights. Seems like they could have done better unless that was their goal, unless that is their goal, to melt down the American economy and totally rewrite our Constitution, as Glenn Beck mentioned in Democrats' Hydra. Now, the difference between the so-called H1N1 swine flu pandemic uh, exercise that took place, it happened after the pandemic was in existence, if you will, rather than before. But, hey, you know, coincidences happen. Uh, I guess it was uh, actually H5N1 virus that the medical gods of the day thought was going to be the virus that was going to destroy humanity. So I looked into this H1N1 uh, pandemic that uh, took place, and a little bit of background information. On April 15th, 
And then April 17th of 2009, two little girls in California were diagnosed to have this new virus called H1N1. Now, this was occurring in the context of sporadic reports of human infection, most often associated with close contact with infected pigs. That probably was the H5N1 virus that they were getting um, all concerned about at that time. Now, it says that during the years December of 2005 to January of 2009, that's about three cases, three, uh, three years, 12 cases of human infection with swine influenza were reported. Five of the cases occurred in patients who had direct exposure to pigs. Six patients reported being near pigs. Oh, great. I'm near pigs. I've got bacon in my fridge. I- and then, and then the source of the one infection, it was unknown. So then three more cases were discovered in California within the next four days. Then two days later, two cases were found in Texas, and seven cases were discovered in Mexico. And by April 26th of 2009, the United States government determined that a public health emergency existed nationwide. Now, 14 people were infected with this virus and that represented a nationwide public health emergency? I mean, are we overreacting or what? I guess, again, we've all been saying, never let a crisis go to waste, even if it is a manufactured crisis. So then on May 4th, so the next month, 2009, the Center for Disease Control shifted from reporting confirmed cases of 2009 H1N1 to reporting both confirmed and probable cases of H1N1. In fact, it says that more than 98% of probable flu virus samples were testing positive for 2009 H1N1. And then on June 11th of 2009, the World Health Organization signaled that a global pandemic of H1N1 influenza was underway. And I have to let you know that the total number of deaths in the United States from H1N1 was 477, according to this report posted on cdc.gov. Another um, presentation that was made at that time by an Illinois Public Health Department guy named Dr. Damon Arnold mentioned that sanitation was really important. So I would like to know how is it that in the ensuing years, we have seen an exponential growth in homelessness with tent cities and people pooping in Nancy Lugosi's district, uh, Pelosi, and we have continuous refugee resettlement from countries where we have no control over their sanitation policies. How does this square up? That on the one hand, our bureaucrats are preparing for influenza Armageddon, while on the other hand, our bureaucrats are exacerbating health conditions that are endemic to pandemics. And I'd like to mention that there was another participant from the NBC Universal Media who was a player in this live simulation of a worldwide pandemic that was held in New York in October of 2019, just two months before we were informed that we had the beginnings of a worldwide pandemic. NBC Universal Media is a Goliath. In fact, as I've said before, our Goliath is global. They're owned by Comcast, and I like the way President Trump called it Concast. 
So NBC Universal Media has an a worldwide empire. I can't even go into all the companies that they own, but if you go to any search engine and look up NBC Universal Media, you will see that they are absolutely monstrous in their size. A uh, couple of other companies, Edelman, Johnson and Johnson. Oh, I like the fact that Dr. Avril Haynes was at this live simulation event in New York in October of 2019. She was the assistant to the president and principal deputy national security advisor under President Obama. She also served as the deputy director of the CIA and the legal advisor to the NSA. Wow, we really like that. She was really a brainiac. She agreed that the UN should be the honest broker for supply chain management. I really don't have time to go through all these organizations. You need to go to Event 201, do your own research, and remember, our Goliath is global. Now, they ended the first hour of this pandemic exercise by addressing conspiracy theories, which lead to hysteria. So it's the conspiracy theories about our overblowing things rather than the act of overblowing things that leads to hysteria? Of course, that conversation was initiated by the UN chick and a guy with a German accent. Javolt. Uh, let's see. I've got Sheriff Mack on the line. Uh, Sheriff, I'm going to bring you into the conversation. Thank you so much for joining the Janice Daniels Show. Well, that's all right. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. I just, I'm, I'm, I've been going through this uh, live simulation worldwide pandemic event that took place in New York. And all the players like Bill Gates and uh, the U.N. and John Hopkins Medical uh, Hospitals and UPS, uh, all these players that were there, and they did a simulation of a worldwide pandemic that then took place in our real world two months later. So I, I don't understand. You know, I, I'm not even sure what we can do about this uh, now. I don't know. For people who don't know who Sheriff Mack is, I want to give you an opportunity to explain what you've done with this constitutional sheriff um, initiative that I think is really important to we the people right now so that we know where we stand in terms of who we can trust and who's going to help us. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, when you look at um, the amount of tyranny and abuse going on uh, in our country the last, well, let's it, just Keep it easy. The last 25 years. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly been uh, at least the last 100 years, uh, especially since 1913. But uh, I wrote a book called The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. And in there, I quote Jefferson on the very first page, said, when all government shall be drawn to Washington as the center of all power, it will render powerless the checks provided and become as venal and oppressive as the government from which we separated. In other words, King George III, the whole purpose of us fighting the Revolutionary War would be repeated, and it would be uh, unnecessary that we did the Revolutionary War because we just made another monster equal to that in Washington, D.C. Well, Jefferson said that way back 200 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, now that government has become uh, bigger and more monstrous and and more addicted to the notion that it's their job to take care of us, 
uh, whether we like it or not, because it's for our own good, and they're so much smarter than we are. Um, and I don't want to demean uh, President Trump. Uh, I, I think that he's trying to do a good job, uh, but I think he's got some advisors that think uh, that it's okay to destroy individual liberty and in our Constitution in order to find a, a cure for the uh COVID-19. Well, you know, at the half-hour break before you joined the conversation, they aired a commercial of President Trump saying how happy he was that all the government players, Democrats, Republicans, conservative, liberals, this person, that person, this agency, that agency, were all working together, and it was just so nice. And I just said, wait a minute, President Trump, yeah, I uh, I'm not getting it either on that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad there's something they're working on together, but is it is the cure worse than the disease? Yeah, I'm not at all glad that they're working on something together when we are in a situation where at every turn they are denying us our constitutional rights. Well, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Exactly. What are they working together to do? Yeah, exactly. And, and so. Uh, this is this is my deal. Uh, first of all, I, I I have I believe uh, created a national movement called the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, which I believe is the only peaceful and effective solution available to us today. Uh, there's no hope in Washington D.C. to restore our constitution. There's no hope in most of the capitals to do the same either. I agree. And so where do we do it? And that is we take back America county by county, uh, one sheriff at a time. And the sheriff, because he is the uh, ultimate leader, he is the uh, head executive, as Jefferson called him, uh, and he is the only elected law enforcement officer who answers directly to the power source, and that is we the people. How many sheriffs in this country do you think are constitutional sheriffs? Well, there's a lot of them that are good people. And We're so all good all of people. Those, I say, uh, are potentially a good constitutional sheriff. Uh, you know, the number changes uh, every day. There's almost 3,100 sheriffs in America, and uh, they're either running for office, getting out of office, retiring, and it's really like herding cats to, to keep track of these guys. But we're doing our best to do that, and the thing of it is, uh, I'm sure we have uh, at least a hundred, and we're trying to create uh, at least uh, seven or eight hundred, uh, so the American people always have some place to go within their state. You, you know, you're not going to get every sheriff in every county, no way, because like San Francisco, you're not going to get that sheriff on board. Los Angeles, Chicago, you're not going to get those sheriffs on board. However, there's a lot of counties that are smaller and more urban. Uh, where the sheriffs are dedicated to their oath of office. And so, like I say, we're trying to get it to where people, you might have to move or uh, be willing to, to do that. But uh, well, first of all, you've got to create a relationship with your sheriff so he knows your concerns and, and that he knows the importance of being a constitutional sheriff. We provide the training, but right now we've had four of our events canceled because of this uh, craziness. Yeah, isn't that convenient? Yeah, that's convenient. And, and uh, so it's, yeah, right right when we were really pushing for a, a big resurgence of what we're doing, it immediately stopped. Yeah. Uh, so this is the thing. Uh, I want to ask the American people, I would love to ask everybody, every one of your listeners and everybody in America, 
what what would you prefer? Would you prefer shutting down our economy, losing your jobs, and uh, possibly and probably standing in food lines and in a worse situation than the Great Depression, uh, which is looming right now, or would you uh, lose your jobs, um, uh, lose the economy, lose American ideals, lose our Constitution, and maybe get the coronavirus, or would you rather keep America, keep your jobs, and maybe get coronavirus? Yeah. <laughs> tell me which one you'd want. <laughs> well stated. <laughs> well, I can tell you which one I would choose. Well, I agree with I, you. I will, I will side with Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. Yeah, because we're, we're all, death is going to come to us all. Free. I want to be standing on my feet. I'm not going to be kneeling. I don't want to kneel to any tyrant. And as I see it, the governors of these great states in this country are, are 95% tyrants. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, totally. So, yeah, and, and this nonsense about calling out the National Guard uh, because we're going to help uh, stock shelves and we're going to help people get food to their homes, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe in that at all. That's not their job. No, we, it isn't. We should all that's be back. At a, yeah, we should be ho- opening our businesses again. We should be going to restaurants again. Yep. We should be doing everything that we should that we've done in the past to be able to save our economy. It is up to we, the people. But but Sheriff Mac, did you hear about that guy in Kentucky who tested positive for the coronavirus? He walked out of the hospital and he refused to. Um, self-quarantine, and so he had armed sheriff's deputies stationed outside his door. Did you hear about that? Uh, I've heard several. I didn't know it was a guy in Kentucky. However, uh, we don't do that to people when uh, they have STDs. Yeah, and we don't, we don't do, do that. I mean, we do, it, And those have been going crazy lately also. Is that going to be when we start having sniffles? We're going to have armed guards in front of our doors? So how much do you think that sheriff is a constitutional sheriff? I'd say 0% is the, Probably is the likelihood. Probably on that one. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but, but I will tell you this. I'm a little bit patient with some of these guys uh, because, uh, the, you know what, they've never been trained. They've been inculcated, if not brainwashed, into believing that they're supposed to enforce whatever edict comes from the governor or the judge or whatever. And then we we do this training for them and say, hey, guess what? There's three separate branches of government. Guess which one you work for? You work for the executive branch. We're the executors of the law. We're the protectors of the people. And you don't answer to the judicial branch. And you don't answer to the legislative branch. And you don't work to the, for them. You can work with them sometimes, but you don't work for them. And uh, the president cannot tell you what to do. And a lot of them don't get that. What? Yeah. You mean... The president can't tell me what to do. Well, I sued on that very issue, Janice, as you very well know. I sued the Clinton administration because they tried to tell the sheriffs what to do. And I won. I won a landmark case, uh, Mac Prince versus U.S., and it was on that very issue. And Scalia wrote the decision, and he said something in there amazing, and he quoted the Federalist paper, Federalist paper 51, and he said, the different governments will control each other at the same time that each will be controlled by itself. And so it's our job to be a check and balance on government. It's our job to, to make it messy for them when they come into our counties. You know, we should have stopped, the sheriff should have stopped the abuses of the IRS way before now. Yep. We shouldn't even allow those people in our counties. You, you know, the bottom line is because freedom 
and the IRS cannot coexist. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, freedom isn't free, and it's up to we the people. The, all these cliches are true. It's up to we the people. You know, I don't know if you had heard about this event 201 that took place in New York. It was that live simulation of a pandemic that occurred, that, that, that took place two months before we got hit with this worldwide pandemic. It just oh, seems too I much of a coincidence. That, but yeah. I do know that they've, they've known about this uh, way before it uh, came public, and you know, I, I I don't trust any of it. No, I don't either. And in fact, in this event 2000, they had a breaking news story on a cable channel called GNN, Global News Network. And near the end of it, they included a discussion moderated by this lady, Jeannie Meeser from CNN, Cable News Network, that included a discussion about one of their most, what they felt was one of their most important conclusions, which was that governments needed to partner with traditional and social media in order to research and develop nimble approaches to countering misinformation to ensure authoritative messages are prioritized and false messages are suppressed. Now, I mean, who gets to decide what's misinformation? Who gets to decide what's authoritative? I I would love to see your effort um, take hold across this country because now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. Well, it needs to uh, very badly, and we certainly uh, are trying to get this out there. And we had a big meeting in Houston uh, just two months ago uh, with a bunch of freedom patriots across the country, and they said, yeah, this uh, constitutional sheriff thing is our main goal and our main solution. And then right after that, uh, bam. And I'm not saying that they targeted this, but I think they're targeting everything. They're targeting uh, uh, gold and silver reserves that we all have. I mean, silver is the poor man's gold, and uh, I've been able to keep some of that, and now the price is down to $11 something. And you can't even manufacture and and mine uh, and put uh, silver out there uh, for $11 an ounce. And and so they're going bust, and, and the the economy is just well. I don't have you know. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to say where this economy is going and yeah. what's going on with all of this. It's it's really sad. And uh, I just did an article about all of this. Um, I think I got it to you, didn't I? Yeah. As a matter of fact, that was very good. Um, let me try to pull that article up because and, I well, the whole thing. You know, we were there when Disneyland got shut down, right? And and it was. So sad looking at it. You know, we actually went on Saturday morning to what they call downtown uh, Disney, where you can go to some shops and go eat and all that, which is just outside Disney. And you usually could access Disneyland from there, but all the gates were chained off, and there was a few security guards in front of the Disney front door. Uh, But other than that, it was a ghost town. And it was really sad. And I think we're going to end up doing that to America and then... For what? Uh, another disease? Another another crisis of the day? You know, we've never we've never done anything like this before. No, I know, and and, and like you say in your letter, um, isn't our First Amendment right to peaceably assemble? essential to liberty? And I would say, yes, it is. is. And, and and so where are the people? Where are the people? Well, they're all holed into their houses. And we, we've been so brainwashed that government's to take care of us, so they, 
everybody buys into this. Yeah, exactly. You know? And 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 I'm as guilty as the rest of them. I, you know, I'm I'm I. In fact, I wore latex gloves into the studio. I took them off after I felt so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Well, you but, know what? I, but like I said in the article, uh, I don't mind uh, all of us taking some common sense precautions. Uh, and even if they're not common sense, I, I I don't I don't care. Whatever whatever precaution you want to take, yeah, go ahead and take it. Yeah, don't fire me and don't shut down my business. Give us your website before we go off the air, Sheriff Mac. It is CSPOA Constitutional Sheriff Peace Officer Association CSPOA.org. Please go there and give me a call. Thank you so much, Sheriff Mack, for the efforts that you're taking to restore our American Republic. And remember, spread the word. It's Wham! W-A-A-M, and I'm Janice Daniels.